Massive, relatively, crowds swarm the parks, details on Disneyland keep rolling in, and a big Moana surprise at Disney World. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave where that block of ice he's been sitting on to cool himself off is starting to get awfully small. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey! Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, happy holiday weekend, dude. Happy holiday weekend. (laughs) I'd ask if you had any special plans, but between this heat wave and unhealthy air quality we're having here in California, and, and of course, you know, this COVID thing that's still going around, Kind of got some limited options here. Oh, man. All I did was I played some video games and watched some Disney movies. <laughs> hey, man, that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like even if even if we weren't uh, with bad air quality, heat wave and COVID, I, I would feel pretty satisfied with a, uh, a a Labor Day spent doing that. Well, besides the uh, the grocery shopping and whatnot, but uh, I did get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's no- <laughs> One day. Uh, I got one day off from the grocery shopping and, and, uh, but I did get me in some, uh, some, uh, video games and a lot of, a lot of Disney movies. Cause, uh, Ooh. The, what, uh, Freeform is showing, uh, they're doing like three days of Disney movies. So Moana and Zootopia and, and Wreck It Ralph. Uh, and uh, Lilo and Stitch, all those were on, so nice. I like that. Also, like, uh, do you have you have Disney Plus? I do, but uh, it was just easy that it was on, and so you could just put it on TV, and and I can do other things at the same time and come back to it. I don't have to worry about like streaming something and stopping it. There's you definitely like when it comes to streaming, you have to purposely be mindful of doing it. Whereas on TV, you can kind of set it and forget it and go about and do other things. I always, whenever I stream something, I always feel like I need to stop whatever I'm doing and watch what I'm streaming. Whereas if it's just on TV, I can kind of watch it in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Totally, man. Like there is something really appealing still about just having your programming just taken care of for you, right? Like not thinking about like, what am I going to watch? What am I not going to watch? What am I going to watch next? It's just like, let's just keep it coming. Especially if you're in that zone, like you're saying of just like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in for a mindless experience anyway. What you got? You got Disney movies for me. Cool. Let's roll. Uh, yeah, I definitely find while diving into Disney plus, like if I don't have something very specific, if I'm in that kind of browse mode, uh, it takes me forever and I just end up getting frustrated. Like it's that same feeling with Netflix, but even more so with, uh, with Disney, I find it's like, do I feel like a, 
an animated movie or do I feel like, you know, like a classic live action? And now, of course, there's like Marvel that's folded in there. There's Nat Geo that's folded in there. There's its own kind of original programming that's folded in there. Pixar that's folded in there. I think we're getting some like 20th Century Fox uh, content now starting to, to come in there. It's just like okay, 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 half an hour in, and I still don't know what I'm going to watch. Yeah, I think uh, my problem is, too, is that uh, it's funny because, like, when it's stuff on TV, I'm definitely a sucker for, like, if something's on TV, I'll turn to it, and it may be something I've seen a million times. I'll still, like, sit there and, like, have it play, but... If it's like streaming something, that means I need to stop and watch it. So I'm like very hesitant to do that because my attention swayed by something else. So like, so it's very purposeful for me to have to like stream something. I have to kind of like, all right, I'm going to watch this. I think I may have some, some issue with sitting still sometimes because I just can't. And uh, so that's why when when it's when I do stuff, it's it's very kind of like thirty minutes to an hour usually. Like even playing a playing a game, it's like usually it's about an hour, thirty minutes to an hour. I play and then and then I stop. Um, but I think I actually got a couple like two hour uh, uh, play through play time on uh, Dragon Quest for me today. Um, so. It's it's kind of weird. I have a like I said, I have a problem sitting still for a certain amount of time. It drives <laughs> drives Lori a bit nuts because she's really good at at watching stuff. She'll just play it and just like let it go, and she'll get through it like burn through something, and it takes me forever to do it. Yeah, yeah. Tristan's like that as well. So uh, this being Labor Day, would would this kind of time period ever be a point or just a, a time of the year that you would normally be at or around any kind of Disney or Universal Park? No, <laughs> it's definitely a time to just because of crowds, away. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crowds and like it's crazy hot right now so yeah it's like two of the worst things you could be like it's hot and then it's crowded so you're more likely around a lot of other people which causes things to get hotter so yeah plus when you when you get that heat you also get more people irritated so you're more likely yes. to deal with irritated individuals yeah yeah man and it was like speaking of heat it was 110 degrees at some point in Anaheim, which is where, you know, Disneyland is located. Uh, And for whatever reason, I don't know if you feel this way too. I always feel like it is just hotter in the parks always. Like whatever temperature is, you know, being read on the gauge, it always feels warmer than that. I don't know if that's because, you know, we're in California. So like this extreme kind of heat isn't sort of a normal thing. And so we're just not Obviously, we're not prepared for it, but even just like the parks themselves, like, you know, Orlando's a little bit more accustomed to just like really heavy heat and especially high humidity. So they've got like misters and fans and shade. We don't have a ton of that at Disneyland and on the West Coast. So, you know, when that heat does hit, uh, it feels extra bad. Actually, I read an article just recently talking about how um 
the Walt Disney World is actually better primed for hot uh, season. It where, like you said, it has misters. It has more air conditioned areas, whereas yeah. Disneyland being an older park, uh, the a lot of the lines are outside, or they just don't have like misters or air conditioning set up in the in most of the line areas, the queue areas. So yes, it is a hotter experience. I think a lot of it too is when you're in the park, you're around a lot of asphalt, which just kind of beams that heat yeah. back off of you. Not to mention <laughs> yeah. you're in like Anaheim. So you're somewhat close to the water. So it can be uh, a bit more humid. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, you're not wrong about that, especially being the funny thing is being in line for like, say for, uh, for splash mountain going through that, like the tunnel area before you get to the actual like boats is like one of the hottest experiences besides maybe, maybe Indiana Jones going through those tunnels as well. Something about those tunnels just being (laughs) super hot. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely the, uh, I remember when Galaxy's Edge opened at Hollywood Studios summer of last year. Uh, One of the first major differences that I noticed was like, man, there's just a lot more umbrellas and blazes for shade uh, there than here because it was definitely like if you go to Galaxy's Edge in the summertime on a hot day, it's brutal, man. There just aren't that many places to to escape to. Unless you, you know, you get like a, you get a reservation for Ogas or you just, you just hide out in one of the many shops. It's just, it's a brutal experience. So yeah, they're definitely, definitely a little more prepared over there. But even, even though, you know, this is not our idea of a good time to hit up these parks, obviously still plenty of people looking at this holiday weekend has the perfect time to just get out and about. I'm sure that level of stir crazy is there. This really is the first holiday that especially Disney World's been open, right? Like they opened mid-July, so they missed July 4th. So this is like everyone's first big holiday weekend to go out and enjoy it. And uh, and so just about everything that is open right now is just getting absolutely slammed. So Maybe not that much of a surprise, but again, not my idea of a good time, not your idea of a good time. Regardless, plenty of other people are going out and doing it. So Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, and Volcano Bay all hitting capacity uh, each day that they've been open and are ending up, you know, turning people away at the entrance. Uh, Disney World hasn't been hitting capacity quite so much. Kind of surprising to me, but I mean, I guess maybe that's it's kind of in line with the way that things have been going there. Uh, annual pass holder reservations, uh, those have been pretty scarce for this uh, this overall weekend. I think I saw a little bit of availability at Epcot, but that was pretty much it. But if you are a single day park visitor, you just go out, go out buy a ticket, make a reservation, uh, or you're a resort guest pretty much wide open for any of the parks. So like I said, kind of surprising that Universal hit its capacity. Disney World definitely didn't. 
So we'll we'll kind of see the uh, we'll see the outcome of that if we hear anything about it. Disney Springs, however, they did hit capacity uh, throughout each one of those days. They started closing off the parking lots kind of midway through that day because they were hitting capacity or they were they were totally full. Um, I mean that makes a little bit more sense because those parks because they are closing early, especially if like you're on vacation, if you are one of the few people that. Uh, if you are one of the few people that are staying at the resort, you're probably still going to want to do something if your park closes at like 6 or 7 p.m., right? So you're going to go to Disney Springs. So I guess maybe that makes a little more sense. Uh, and then we've got downtown Disney at Disneyland. They've also been periodically hitting their capacity and restricting parking and pedestrian entry throughout each of these three days on Labor Day weekend, uh, that Disneyland AP Twitter account, which has been kind of uh, issuing multiple warnings throughout the day, has been calling out, uh, though, that dining reservations will still get you in uh, even if they hit capacity. So rest assured, if you have a dining reservation, don't worry about it. They're going to let you in. But man, it's uh, pretty crazy. Well, I, I've been hearing things uh particularly about the downtown Disney. I've been hearing for a while now, I think I just saw, read an article too about this, where it's they've been packed yeah. most of the days. Even during the week, they were packed. Like I think they were saying it was a Thursday. Uh, the article talked about going, and it was like a Thursday they went, and like parking, just trying to, in the parking lot itself, it was like, like, packed and like people are just like i guess the line is going out into the street and there's like a line of cars just trying to get into the parking lot to get into disney uh downtown disney so downtown disney has been getting just packed and uh so I mean, I guess what you said about being a uh, want to get to Disneyland is definitely there is there yeah. is that want. Uh, I think the thing I maybe why the Disney Springs in downtown well it doesn't affect really downtown Disney, but why Disney Springs maybe was getting packed and maybe not the park is people are having problems dealing with the reservation system and all that or or people just don't yeah. want to deal with it. So they're just like, we can go to, Dan, uh, to Disney Springs and we don't need to have a right. reservation for that. So it's just easier because I did see like articles or at least announcements about like Universal uh, Orlando where they hit capacity and they were like, we've hit capacity and we're turning people away. We may be able, we may allow people later on in the day, but as of now, we're at capacity. So uh, I think I think that's why Universal is hitting capacity and Disney is not because it's easier for the people to navigate the system to right. get into the parks, whereas people are just frustrated or it, they don't want to deal with the uh, reservation system at Disney. And I've heard some issues with uh, the reservation system where people, uh, people's reservations have actually been deleted <laughs> from oh, their, uh, wow. from their account. Uh, so they even had, uh, I can't remember who was posting it, but they, um, 
Oh, man, I wish I remembered the article. Uh, but they said that the person who was writing the article said that their brother had a uh, reservation and it was deleted. And it's it's not like it's it's pretty like a pretty common thing occurrence to happen so uh there may be that might be added to it maybe not as common as as i'm leading it to be but it sounded like it was it's a big enough deal that somebody actually took notice to to make a write a uh, article about it so uh, enough people are complaining about having that happen to them yeah definitely not uh definitely not an isolated incident it sounds like i mean that sounds pretty frustrating, dude. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> that would uh, that would be pretty brutal. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, really. So not uh, it's not super surprising with uh, with Disney World. I mean, you know uh, that that system that they've built this reservation uh, kind of platform, the system off of is that same My Disney Experience system. It's that same. You know, Disneyland has the Disneyland app, but. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's kind of that same uh, system that they're using. I mean, it's always been pretty janky, dude. Like, you remember, uh, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was with you that we had a reservation that I had made at uh, Cafe Orleans, and I went to go pull it up, like, when we were checking in, and it was also gone. It was like, what? wait a second. And... Uh, and I had uh, I had to tell the person checking in like, hey, so we had this reservation. Not quite sure what happened, but uh, but I did have it. And she checked and was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're you're here. We've been having issues with the system today. So uh, you know it. I mean, the general rule, um, I, I think, this is my general rule. Also using Max Pass as well, which is just take screenshots of everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> At, at least with the reservation system, you have they they have been sending an email confirmation. They do that with dining as well. Mm -hmm. um, so at least you have some record that something was confirmed. <laughs> you have some level of paper trail that you can show the receipts for. But yeah, man, if you're not prepared for that, um, you know that that's majorly problematic, especially with you know when you're talking about. Max Pass or Fast Pass Plus, especially at Disney World, um, if that ever comes back, we'll see. Uh, you know, you, you you know, in most many cases, you're spending sixty days in advance uh, securing Fast Passes, so you want to make sure that you uh, you have the receipts for those as well. It, it's just it, this is the problem with their system, just generally. And until they do a real major upgrade, I I, I imagine that any kind of process that goes through it is going to experience issues. But, you know, I mean, just generally speaking, you know, this being, again, the first big holiday that all these parks are are really bringing people in altogether, you know, this really is a, a, a time that these parks are kind of stress testing all of these systems, right? So for reservations that you're talking about, it's the, it's the most amount of people that we've had slamming that system at once. Similarly with, Universal and their their kind of advanced ride reservation queue system, whatever that's called. Um, you know, it's it's it, it, because they've hit capacity each day, and it's it's the first time that they've had multiple consecutive days hitting capacity. Gives them that opportunity to really check out 
what it's like when those systems get hammered. Uh, I didn't didn't hear too many negative reports out of Universal Orlando, so it sounds like at least maybe their systems held up a little bit better. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, you know the the uh, the fact that they still had park passes available for Disney suggests that you know they didn't hit capacity, but. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they've been they've been mixing up the allocations of, you know, these various different groups that get or that have reservation availability between annual pass holders, resort guests, and day ticket holders. So, sounds like maybe a uh, a further evaluation of how uh, how they're distributing those reservations are in order, but. But yeah, it's uh, a busy weekend for sure, man. It's, I, you know, I think regardless of which park we're talking about, even, you know, we've talked about this before being just um, a big part of the demand for all of these parks and downtown Disney for Disneyland Resorts case is just like, it, it, there is this need for normalcy. The longer that, you know, in California's case, uh, shelter in places and just this pandemic continues. This need for normalcy is just, <laughs> it's just, it is just biting and scratching at everybody, right? Like certainly me as well. I'm sure you, uh, you as well too. So, you know, any of these opportunities you have, even though, you know, on the surface, downtown Disney is a, it's just kind of an outdoor shopping mall, right? But, you know, you're in that kind of Disney bubble, and, you know, you're able to go to World of Disney, even if it requires, I think I was hearing that uh, that virtual queue for World of Disney to, to go shop for Disney merch was like two to three hours at one point. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, people are willing to do it because it gives them just a little bit more of a feeling of normalcy. So I get that. That makes sense for sure. There have been plenty of times where it's just like, Ugh, man, what I wouldn't give for just to be able to like go to a restaurant or go to a movie. I think that's the weirdest thing, you know, watching like a movie trailer, uh, you know, that new James Bond movie trailer came out and it looked good. And I was like, Oof, I want to see that. And it was like November in theaters. I was like, I'm not going to see that in theaters in November. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, it was just, it's just, you know, it, 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 it's still a struggle that's going on. So certainly I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it uh, ebbing or or really subsiding anytime soon. So this uh, this is just that sneak peek, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, the 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 need for normalcy is is definitely there. I think the like I think people are feeling like like I think all like the little. I mean, we don't go like we don't go to a lot of events during the year, but at least two of the few events that we look forward to going to uh during the year was can't were canceled and uh i mean we're not even sure if if a disney trip is is going to happen or not so i mean it's one of the few things that you know gets me going like helps me go back i mean to work is that you know this looking forward to doing these things going to these events or or going to uh disneyland that helps like gives me like you know incentive to 
go to work and and like i mean not i mean not to mention like you know paycheck but i mean but i mean it's like you know you get tired of going to work there's no real outcome of going to work other than oh it's another day and i'm at work and and especially when you're if you're say working from home or something like that your environment doesn't change the whole week you're not leaving the house so you, you get cagey and uh it gets harder and harder to kind of like well what am i going to do today oh i guess i gotta work and um, but what is you know what are you looking forward to after work well more work <laughs> but yeah. um you know one of the things that i always look forward to in the year is are these events uh our pirate festival the renaissance fair or or going to disneyland and so far <laughs> most of those things have canceled uh so you know not sure if we'll get a trip to disney or not but uh yeah but hopefully <laughs> yeah it's uh hope is all we have right now but it makes sense so like exactly like what you're talking about uh you know you start to see a little more justification in terms of why people would on just like a crazy hot and busy labor day weekend venture out to downtown disney or walt disney world or universal orlando uh, just because it is, it gives them that opportunity to still kind of have those experiences that they look forward to. So uh, I get it. Like, again, it makes a little more sense. I, I'd still be a little skittish about how crowded some of these areas are getting, especially when looking at, uh, you know, like City Walk and how crowded City Walk was looking. And, you know, I was hearing reports out of like Universal that, yes, they are limiting you know, they are enforcing their capacity, but only at the entrance. So, you know, places like Diagon Alley and just throughout the wizarding world of Harry Potter, uh, those are a little more tight quarters just because of the way that they're built. And so they're not limiting capacity there. So it does force if a lot of people are going through that area, very difficult to social distance. So yeah, it's a little sketchy. But I mean, again, it, that's this is the opportunity for them to test out all of these health and safety protocols that they put in place because you know if you can't handle this when you're at your kind of the lowest capacity that you're allowing in then you have to reevaluate what your plans are when you go up to 50% capacity or whatever that next level is right so it, it it's a good opportunity for them hopefully uh, we'll see some further adjustments as needed if they are so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that and I think also, you know, you never know what's happening uh, in in people's eyes. I think a lot of people may think, uh, we're not going to the park. We're going to downtown Disney. It can't be super crowded. But I think, I mean, given I'm sure there's certain people, a lot of those people know it's going to be crowded. But I, <laughs> I imagine there's still some people who think, it's not going to be that crowded. It can't be that crowded. It's it's just shopping and, and food. It's not like the park, but they're going there. And they, uh-oh, <laughs> this is more than I yeah. was expecting. So I imagine there's some of that going on too, why, you know, 
people go in there not expecting it to be super crowded, but it is. Um, not prepared. Yeah, just not prepared for it. <laughs> well, I'm you know, the crazy thing with all of this too, and and you know, really at at least the big three locations that we're talking about, Universal, Disney World, and uh, even downtown Disney. I mean, all three of these locations are going through some pretty major changes at the moment, too. So it's not even like, you know, people are going and it's a pretty static experience. Like, it's not. There's still a lot of movement in terms of just even how all of these experiences are structured. So we've talked about how Universal has restricted park hours already or you know, in, in Volcano Bay's case, even the days of the week that that's open. Uh, but they've also closed back down half of their hotels. And even a few of the rides have been shut down again, just because for the most part on most days, they're not even coming close to hitting their capacity. So they're trying to really kind of hone in on where that sweet spot is of not keeping everything open maybe that has a lower level of interest or a lower level of visitors, but just kind of really honing that experience down to the, uh, the, the heavy hitters, if you will. So, uh, you know, so we've got all of those changes that we've already known about, but we've also got this rumor coming out from WDW news today that is reporting uh, that cast members have been kind of discussing about how there's been discussion around all of the Universal Parks closing on some, if not most, Mondays and Tuesdays going forward, again, due to that generally low attendance. So, you know, again, far from official, but, you know, based off of what we've seen at all of these parks where it just sounds like because... This COVID crisis has continued well past where I think most people assume that it would. Certainly, a lot of these industry professionals and business leaders uh, were expecting that, you know, things would be maybe a little bit better by now so that they could start welcoming in uh, guests at some of these, you know, travel-focused and and locations where, you know, they really do depend on people coming in from outside of the state, if not the country, to hit the numbers that they need to really operate in an effective manner. So that kind of is in alignment with that. Again, we've seen this at all of these parks. So who knows? It could completely just be random talk. Uh, it could just be complete BS. But I don't know, man. There's There's been a lot of smoke and a lot of, uh, a lot of change already at Universal. So it's definitely possible um, but if this were to happen, because, uh, you know, we're a bit in the speculation business and that's what we do. We speculate, uh, how, you know, not only how crazy would this be, but you know, you'd, you'd have to imagine that all of these parks, even if this doesn't happen, the leadership at universal, the leadership at Disney world have got to be asking themselves if it was worth it to open as early as they did. Mm. I think it was, I think they probably would say it was worth opening up when they did. Um, but I think they're still just trying to adjust with, because, uh, I mean, if they would have waited, you, you're just going to lose more money. Uh, at least at least now they're getting some money 
in some cash flow in so i think they uh i think they still like i mean i'm not gonna say they they like when they opened up but i i don't think they regret opening when they did. sure yeah and i don't even know if the question is it's i don't even know if it's a matter of regret as much as you know uh you're right that they're probably, well, we know at least in Disney's case that they're not losing money, but they're not really making money, right? Like it's still, they got the balancing act going and, and maybe that in and of itself is, is, is fine just the way that it is. Um, I, I, I guess it depends on how many people are visiting and traveling to a place like Universal and are just heartbroken that they can't ride fast and furious supercharged because it's been closed down because of capacity nobody nobody by the way let me answer that question for you nobody's <laughs> n- nobody's trip is ruined uh they could close that down permanently and uh, I-, I think everyone would be fine <laughs> but yeah it's still it's i mean it's just having a level of stability that eventually they can build to definitely has value to it and that's clearly what they're doing. No one's talking about completely shutting back down. But, uh, you know, but like I said, clearly they're not making as much money as they were hoping they would. And so, you know, that's got to be rough. And, you know, you still have, I think, you know, I've actually been surprised that, that Disney especially Especially, I'm sure Universal is in the same kind of boat too, but Disney's a little more higher profile. They still have thousands of employees that have been furloughed. You know, I've, I've been reading some brief news stories about how, uh, you know, furloughed employees are like waiting in line at food banks to, you know, because they can't afford to feed themselves. So, it's like I said, I'm, I'm a little surprised. It's not a bigger story than it is, at least in, in, in the Disney realm. I think it's been very positive reporting generally about Disney, but you know, like I said, I I got a question like, man, if the parks are open and they're moving and they still have furloughed employees that are in such rough and dire straits, you just start to get into that question of like, man, are, is this going to be a PR hit? Is this going to be problematic in any way? Maybe it won't because it hasn't been so far, but uh, you know, I mean, you know, and that's all, of course, again, this is all on top of this question of will there ever be a point where there's like some kind of outbreak that's linked back to these parks. I mean, again, that's obviously gonna, that's obviously going to put it into a very different place than where we're at now. But uh, this is all just compounded risk, I guess we're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, or the or the potential of compound risk. Yeah, I think the thing that they would say if if they were talking if if the whole issue with the furloughed employees came up, it's that you know. We're a company. We're trying to put as many people to work as we can, but sure. you know, with the, I mean, to you know, I guess to their credit, I guess they would probably bring on as many people, employees as they could, uh, possibly support with how limited, I guess, the capacity they're going to have. Uh, but you know, it's you know, I I just you know. 
I don't think that would be as much of I don't of a of a headline at this point because I think people just know that uh, that a lot of people are still furloughed um, and it's it's an issue, <laughs> um, but uh, you know especially here at at Disneyland I mean you're talking about most of the majority of the park uh, employees uh, you know they are furloughed because the park isn't allowed to open up yet and it's things are should if they haven't already gotten super dire at this point because I imagine people's unemployment are either running out just now or going to run out fairly soon so uh, yeah I think it it's 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 an issue that I think people already know and understand. Um, so I don't think it's something that's necessarily going to make big headlines at this point. Yeah, I mean, so I think on the surface, people get that there are still people out of work. I, I don't know. Like I said, the the idea that you have, you know, a majority of your furloughed employees in kind of like food bank lines is, uh, you know, to me anyway, when I read that, you're right. Like on the surface, of course, that's what that means. But to read it, you're like, oh, totally. Yeah, of course, that's what's happening. This is crazy. And and the only thing I would say, and I don't, I, I mean, again, we're in like, we're in such heavy speculation mode right now that there isn't too much here, but it's still just, you know, uh, the only thing I would say is obviously, I agree. It seems like reopening is the answer, but you look at what's going on with Universal where, you know, all of this, it seems like we can't go a week without them announcing, oh, we're furloughing more employees now that we that we brought back on thinking that things were going to be more popping off than they than they ended up being, um, you know, it, it, you know, then you get into a weird situation where it's like, well, you know, how troublesome is it to bring a bunch of employees back only to within a couple months later, lay everyone off again? I mean, again, there's no good answer here as much as, you know, I would suggest based off of what we've seen out of Orlando, that reopening maybe isn't the answer, if only because the demand's not there. Um, and that might be different at Disneyland. Obviously, we're talking about something different because you've got a lot more locals there. But, you know, again, like, is 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 that going to continue to be the case? It seems like we haven't seen that demand pick up regularly. Well, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think one of the problems that you're looking at, too, for uh, the Orlando area uh, is that, one, it was it was a hot spot for the outbreak. So I imagine there's a lot of people who are very iffy about making a trip to uh, Florida. So I think uh, the parks are relying more on uh, on locals than they normally do. Uh, two, of course, travel restrictions. Uh, fewer people in the U.S. are traveling you know, a distance, uh, at this point. And then also international travel is probably very, very minimal at this like point. Non-existent. Yeah. Or to non-existent, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially flying into Florida, which again was a hot spot. So, um, 
So I think those those things are contributing to it. I think also one of those things that you do whenever you're like opening, I mean, they do this for like games and stuff. When you, when you initially launch a, a game that's multiplayer, you always have more, uh, more servers than you generally need or plan to keep going throughout the life of, of the game. And then you scale down after, uh, after a little while because the uh your actual on uh, multiplayer online play tends to level out a bit uh i think they did the same thing for universals where they were like hey we want to have as many people here to make sure that you know everything is taken care of uh unfortunately of course because of the pandemic and because of all these other factors that you really can't predict uh, that they, you know, unfortunately couldn't keep all those people uh, employed at that time. So uh, they did have to furlough employees again. I mean, it's unfortunately it's, that's not a limited, you know, to the, just that, I mean, here in California, we had kind of a similar state where malls were allowed to open for a little bit and then they had to shut down again so all those people who worked at malls they got furloughed again so it's not just you know florida and the the theme parks that are having this issue it's other places like you know my wife was one of them who went back to work for a while and then she got furloughed again so she was out of work and she's just now getting back to work again so uh i mean it's it's not just those uh theme park employees that have had that issue so but i mean still it's not an ideal situation but you know this pandemic is something that nobody's ever dealt with before for the most part in modern times so we really don't know how things are going to go and until we get a handle on the pandemic you know i think things like this are going to unfortunately keep happening sure yeah no that uh that totally makes sense man for sure it's uh it's kind of playing uh playing everything as it comes playing it by year flying by the seat of her pants right yeah i mean pretty much i mean i think as you said, everybody wants things to go back to normal as soon as possible. And like, what is normal at this point? Unfortunately, we don't know yet. Uh, so it's since things aren't at normal, I think we're going to have to keep dealing with this, uh, the situation as it is. I mean, you know, I think they would have as many people employed as they could. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the demand isn't there. I think the difference, I think we would see a big difference in that here in California at Disneyland and at Hollywood uh, Studios, Hollywood, Universal Studios, Hollywood uh, might be a little bit different because uh, I think they get a little more international travel at Hollywood, uh, Universal's Hollywood than Disney does. Uh, but still, I think you get a lot more locals at these parks. So you might not have as big of an issue with that. As far as it seems like there's a 
big demand to go to the parks <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from what I clearly. see. But um, I definitely, I want to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear uh, you, man. But, but uh, it is, I mean, it's, it's your point. It's, it, you kind of have to take it as it comes and recognize that like, yeah, we're, we're in unideal times, but even beyond that, it's just, you know, it, it, it's not the last uh, bit of kind of growing pains and readjusting pains that, uh, that we have to look forward to because yeah, it's just, we, we don't know what the future holds. Hopefully it holds good things, but things are constantly in motion, constantly changing, right? Yeah. So that also, not just universal, that also includes uh, what's been going on over at Walt Disney World. For the most part, things have kind of been a little bit more stable that we've seen. We have had and we already knew about park hours there also being reduced kind of in that mid-September time frame. Hotel reopenings being pushed out uh, as well. People that had reservations in those hotels are being being reaccommodated elsewhere, places that are open. Interesting little bit of news that came out though about the Polynesian, which you know is is uh, definitely one of the better and and most beloved resort hotels within Walt Disney World. I mean, it's one of the OGs, right? When the park opened, so DVC rooms have been open for some time now, but the rest of the resort was initially supposed to open August twelfth. That got pushed to October 4th. Disney is now saying that the full hotel isn't going to open back up to the general public until summer of 2021. So definitely a big push there as well. So they're not giving an exact time frame in terms of when in summer 2021 it's going to open. Kind of a bummer if you're trying to really plan out a trip in that 2021 timeframe, I'm sure there's tons of people, given how tumultuous 2020 has been, that have pushed out to 2021 that I'm sure would love to book at the Polynesian. So that's still a little bit up in the air. What Disney is saying, though, is that while the Poly is closed, it'll be going through a bit of a re-theme with, quote, a Pacific Ocean-inspired color palette as well as details, patterns, and textures from Disney's Moana. So definitely a big shift there. Henry, obviously, a lot of strong opinions and hot takes here, given how universally loved this uh, the, the Polynesian Resort is. I'm curious where you come down on all of this, and especially just this practice that we've been seeing out of Disney lately of updating some of these classic Disney park elements that are being re kind of uh, re rebuilt to include more crossover IP and marketing opportunities from some of these more recent movies. I mean, I really don't see, I mean, uh, of course this is me never having gone there. So I can't speak for what it was, um, what, a what an experience being there is like. Um, but considering, um, Moana is a, you know, was, you know, something that took place in the Polynesian area. I mean, I think it wouldn't be that big of a, like a, a re-theme. I imagine they're probably going to keep what works and, you know, putting the Moana 
uh, IP in there is probably going to help it for sure. Because I think when you look at the different resorts, you probably want to say like, well, why would I want to stay at this resort? Because there's so many of the different resorts. There's like, other than like saying the Polynesian theme to it, you know, saying it's Polynesian theme and Moana. Uh, I think also some people may not even understand what Polynesian theme means, but a lot of people are going to know Moana. So uh, I, I think that's still going to be a better uh uh, it's gonna it's gonna draw more attention to that uh, resort, and I think you're going to get uh, it. It is gonna be for the positive um, in the overall theme of things. And since you know Moana is Polynesian, I mean it, it shouldn't be that big of a jump. And hopefully, the stuff that people already that frequented that resort uh the they'll keep a lot of those things hopefully um that they liked and and just refresh the areas that were maybe feeling stale and old first i mean very good perspective i think it's important perspective to keep in mind especially as someone that uh that isn't quite as familiar as what the offering of the Polynesian is and, and kind of the appeal of that, because I'm sure there are plenty of people like that, that that maybe aren't as familiar with all of the offerings. Look at all of these hotels and are, are a feel overwhelmed for sure. But yeah, maybe don't necessarily feel as strong of a pull if there isn't a very solid kind of, you know, uh, attachment to either a character or a franchise or something that is instantly recognizable, like, you know, uh, you know, the theming of like art of animation or, you know, all-star movies where it's like, yeah, it's a movie kind of theme that's going there or, you know, any of these. So, or, or like star Wars hotel, it's very clear what that is and, and who that's targeted at. So, um, so yeah, no, I think that I think that definitely makes sense from that perspective, you know, you know, and and also just the idea that, you know, the the way that you were talking about it, I thought made a lot of sense in that, and and it aligns with the way that they describe these updates. So, it, you know, th the way that I read this, and also I'm hoping that that this is all applied, is that it is less of a retheme in the traditional sense of like, you know of what we've been seeing a lot of it, uh, you know, Disneyland and elsewhere, but Disneyland had, you know, the, uh, the submarines that became the finding Nemo submarines. It went from kind of like a, a, a general submarine theme with no tie to a, a Disney franchise to a direct tie to a Disney franchise. Similarly with everything that we've seen at Pixar pier went from just kind of like a general pier kind of uh classic, um, classic kind of uh, beach boardwalk kind of vibe and then immediately kind of had these movie franchises kind of shoved into it. So I think it's going to be less of that, right? So because they talk about inspired, you know, inspired color palette, details and patterns and textures from Disney Moana, not this is going to be the Disney Moana hotel where the Moana characters are walking around and 
you know, uh, you know, it, it, you're going to feel like you're in the world of Moana. I don't think that's what they're going to be doing. I certainly hope not. But, you know, uh, like I said, it, it, I think anytime you get one of those changes, and again, this is like, again, this is, it, I think if you are somebody that's been going to Disney World for decades, then, you know, you do have an attachment to, to, to a place like this, because like I said, it's, it's one of those original resort hotels. So, you know, it, uh, you kind of have a, have, have a nice nostalgic feeling about it. And anytime that Disney messes around with that nostalgic kind of feeling, I think people get really uh, agitated and, and, and scared of that change because, you know, like I said, I, I definitely get the <laughs> the hate that uh, the Finding Nemo submarines gets because it, it just it, it isn't enhanced per se by being a Finding Nemo ride and and they kind of took the I don't know it feels like at least for me again it, it it lost a lot of its charm that it initially had but uh, but regardless you know it's like I said it. it it is one of those things that at all of the parks around the world you're seeing more kind of emphasis on franchise and uh and kind of that Disney marketing synergy. So definitely get the the kind of worry about this, but you know, and overall I kind of feel like just based off of everything we've been talking about, it's a little sad to see something isn't tied to a, you know, directly tied to a movie or franchise kind of get lost because I, I feel like there just aren't that many places like that within these Disney parks anymore. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those things too, I think, um, where I think they may not be doing like, like you said, they may not be making it like the Moana hotel. I think they may have been saying they're using that to kind of spark interest in in the Polynesian resort again, uh, by saying that they're going to inspire it by, uh, Moana. Uh, but, uh, it's one of those things where I also think that there's probably not a lot of people who are going to have that attachment to the hotel. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, especially with, uh, uh, Disney World, you have a lot of people who travel from out of country and, and they, they stay there and maybe they've tra- traveled and there's so many hotels. You may have stayed there like once, twice at most, if that. So you probably really haven't stayed there enough to like grow an attachment. So I think a lot of times when you hear about people being miffed about like uh they're changing the hotel it's just people just bucking change for this so i mean who knows i mean the fact that they're doing it at this point i don't think they're going to change anything unless the hotel and especially closing it if it wasn't getting people people weren't staying there so i'd say that there was already a lack of interest in the Polynesian uh, resort as it is. So I I, I could see where you could come from thinking that that's definitely not the case for, I mean, like I said, it's, it is, uh, there's a lot of good vibes around the Polynesian. uh, Oh no, I'm not saying that there's bad feelings about it. It just may not been getting uh, as much, 
visits uh, as much people staying there. I mean, there's you got to remember, there's a lot of hotels around nope. there. As, yeah, no, you know. I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying. I do think, though, again, it um, um, the best way maybe to think about it is like one of the more unique aspects. So, again, this is like this is this goes to maybe a core difference between Disneyland, Disney World, Disneyland, kind of like a drop in park. Disney World, though, because it does have that element where most likely you are staying on site, there are tons of people that do make yearly trips out to Disney World and because of that have developed a preference in terms of their resorts. Maybe they've experimented with a bunch of different ones and have kind of settled on which their favorites are and they mix it up. Maybe they just have one particular favorite that they come back to, but it it is a very defining trait of Disney world that it has like a very resort kind of culture to it. If that makes sense, the resort, the resort culture at Disney world, something that is like not in any way, shape or form present at, uh, at really any of the other Disney parks anywhere else in the world. It's kind of a unique aspect to it. So, you know, I mean, you're right. Like, again, it may be just the, the a situation of they felt the need to freshen it up in, in certain in certain ways. And and that I think I understand and get it. It is one of those places, though, that is like because it's been around for so long, you know, it it's almost like I mean, it has very many. It has very much the same kind of feelings about it that like staying at the Disneyland hotel would in that there is kind of like this, you know, uh, fantasy fulfillment in doing it. And I think that drives a lot of interest. It definitely drives a ton of people there. I mean, you might be right that it might just be a case that, that there may be some element there of, you know, it's like 80% capacity and they want it to be like 90 or 95. I, I don't know about that, but it's definitely not a situation of like it's fallen out of favor or that it doesn't get a lot of traffic because it, it definitely does. And like I said, it's, yeah. and you're right. Like it might just be the people that have that feeling about it may not be actively always there, but I think that uh, it being such a heavy resort culture You've got, you know, there are, <laughs> there is an even stronger attachment to these places than uh, than you would have elsewhere or about other things Disney related, if that makes sense. No, oh, it makes total sense. And, you know, something I just thought of too, um, and I think you brought it up, you hit on it saying that like uh, the Polynesian Resort isn't, isn't like IP heavy. It could be one of those things too, where it's beloved because when you're at the parks and did say Disney Springs, you're getting bombarded by all these different, uh, IPs and, and, and you're, you're being bombarded by Disney. Sometimes it's refreshing to have kind of a, a break from the IP and then the thought of your one haven, your your hotel, which wasn't IP heavy, is now going to get <laughs> like an IP attachment to it. Uh, could be f- frustrating to s- people who 
enjoyed having the Polynesian resort as not an IP like heavy uh, resort could be frustrating. I could see that for sure. Cause I know uh, that's why uh, when we go to Disneyland, we spend like at least one day, we usually like go to universal studios, Hollywood for one day to kind of get that break from being bombarded by Disney so much um, and get kind of like an adult experience, a little more adultish experience at least one day. And then, and then we're back into Disney. So I could see that as being one of the reasons why people could be frustrated with that. But um, yeah, I think Disney, especially in the, like uh, in the Orlando area has been, you definitely are right. It is definitely resort heavy. They, they are like really all in on, on resorts because you keep people in the park I mean, even when they leave the park, they're technically still within your, within your, uh, your, your cycle, your, your, of, of Disney. So even when they leave the park, they're still like on your property, giving you money. So you're, you're still, still within that cycle of Disney. Um, so I, think they definitely been are all in on the uh the resorts so well it's just uh, like like i said it's built into the 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 resort culture is built into the experience like you know it it's not maybe quite as heavy as like a, a sports team's kind of fanaticism but you know there is there is that level of like dude uh, the boardwalk in is like my jam and it, it's like, you know, it, it's the best of those hotels within walking distance of a park. Come fight me for it. it. You know, there's just like some, there's a level of protectionism you have over your favorites. And not only that, but like, like I said, because it's, because that culture is so ingrained in the overall experience, it's built into people's nostalgia and people's memories. So, you know, you, you talk to people about, you know, kind of their past experiences at Disney world. It's not just about the parks. It's about what resort they stayed in. They'll remember, Oh, my grandparents that one time treated all of us to a stay at the grand Floridian. And as a little kid, like that had such an impact. And so since then it's been a dream of mine to go back and stay at the grand Floridian. Like there is that level of nostalgia that's built into that overall experience. And so, you know, and so I think that just kind of, that helps to strengthen that level of attachment. But, you know, there also is, I think, like anything too, there's that level of, I don't know about prestige, but, you know, I think there is just, I don't know if it's, I have to imagine it's active because this seems to be the case at, again, all of the Disney parks around the world. Uh, there is a general approach, at least up until now, I would say. There seems to be a general approach that the more luxurious a property is, the less kind of heavy Disney theme or direct Disney kind of theming there is per se, right? So, um, it's so you know, you, you look at those deluxe level of Disney world resorts, there are, none of them have had a level of direct kind of 
merchandise or marketing kind of synergy in terms of its theming. It's not directly attached to like Disney uh, franchise or Disney properties. Um, even that's kind of the same case of moderate hotels over there. It's not until you start getting into, it's not until you start getting into those value hotels that you do start to see a little more direct kind of heavy theming. And, and like I said, it's the same kind of thing when you venture out, uh, overseas, you know, Disneyland Paris, uh, the Disneyland hotel is kind of like top tier property there. Uh, or else they've got the wilderness lodge. They've got, you know, the, um, they've got their own kind of yacht club there as well. And that's kind of more of the, the higher end stuff. And then once you start getting into moderate, you're going to have this Marvel themed hotel where you're starting to see, but it's the art of Marvel. So it's not like it, it's kind of an extension of a property, but not a full, uh, kind of dip into that pool. But then you get into value and there's more like Cheyenne, hotel Cheyenne, which is like heavy on cars theming similar in Shanghai, right? Like their value hotel is the toy story hotel. Their top tier property is the Disneyland hotel. Uh, so I just think like it's, there is something built into, I don't know if it's, if it's the messaging, but at least the approach that they've taken to how they've marketed the, uh, the properties that are attached to Disney franchises. So this seems to buck that trend, Again, like I'm sure that's that's probably way over analyzing kind of what your average person looks at when they're looking at this. And you're right. Like if you're somebody that maybe this is their first or it's like a very occasional trip to Disney World, they don't have that level of attachment. But if you're one of these people and there's tons of them that have just made it a habit of regularly or semi-regularly spending a week at Disney World and you've been doing so since you've been a younger kid, you know, again, Polynesian's one of these hotels and one of these resorts that has been with this, been with this park, the whole Walt Disney World Resort since the beginning. So, you know, again, like thinking of Disneyland, any of those areas that are still part of the park now, and anytime there's been any discussion about changing any of those classic Walt Disney uh, rides or experiences, people just lose it, right? <laughs> In many cases, rightfully so, but it becomes like a major, major deal because people feel like their childhood is under assault. So, uh, you know, it, it maybe is a little less so with this because, again, it's kind of like a lightly theming thing, but this... It, it, it is that in that same kind of vein of reaction of people being like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, you know, you, you kind of get this feeling that it's, it's been protected or is like a sacred aspect of the resort. So it'll be interesting to see how it looks. I, I agree with you. I think if you're looking at it just purely from an aesthetic point of view, totally makes sense and will probably look pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's actually great to see, Moana represented more in the park. Uh, you know, it should fit in very nicely with the that Epcot Moana attraction that uh, that we've been hinted at and hopefully is still on the books. But we'll we'll just have to see. But yeah, I hope it's just like they're you know updating the colors palette a bit, which will freshen up the resort, and it's not necessarily a a, a new IP addition to it, but. Yeah, I mean, having Moana more represented is still like 
generally welcoming for me because you know it was one of the i think it's definitely one of the better movies to come out as of recently from uh disney i mean even of the disney movies it's it was still really well done yeah so for sure man well and it's like you know you want to uh put some moana theming to a hotel that desperately needs it in the uh in the kind of disney on-site hotel uh catalog dude give it to the paradise pier hotel which is uh in desperate need of something man <laughs> because it doesn't make much sense now that it uh now that it's no longer paradise pier and uh, it's a pretty boring hotel, honestly. And if you want a boarding hotel, uh, you have tons of options in and around that Disneyland area that are a fraction of the cost. So I don't, uh, you know, you don't get that nice, uh, spectacular view looking out at Pixar Pier and all of the rides at uh, California Adventure. But you're also like, you have $300 more in your pocket if you stay somewhere else. So the experience is not that much different. So. Yeah, that uh, they I, I would have been okay if Moana got uh, got added to over there too, but um, but yeah, man. So that's Universal Orlando and Disney World that we've been talking about, but then we have Disneyland, which which really has been just downtown Disney so far. Not too many adjustments that have been seen over there, other than a few shops and restaurants that have slowly been trickling uh, opening over time. But really, it's all about what lays in front of us, right? At least when it comes to these parks, man, we have been just like ready for them to open. We've been seeing these signs. Last week, we got confirmation that Disneyland Resort is ready to open. It's been ready to open since July. So they are just waiting on guidance from the state of California. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, confirmed that discussions had begun, but that he'd have a better update to give the following week, uh, which just happened a few days ago. Uh, so, Henry, would you like to hear the latest and greatest theme park update directly from the governor of California? Yes, I would. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's hear it. Hey, Governor. I had uh, two questions related to theme parks. Uh, first, how do theme parks fit into the new uh, four-tier plan? Do you envision theme parks reopening with, like, outdoor operations first and then indoor capped at 25% or 50%? And then second, you mentioned that on Friday you were meeting in an amusement park space. I was wondering how that went and if any progress was made. Yeah, we were making a lot of progress in that space. The reason we set it aside, we bracketed, and I appreciate you recognizing we made that uh, we noted that last week when we put out these new four-tiered guidelines is we still have work to do. Um, all I can leave you with is progress is being made. Uh, we're still working uh, on some details. And as soon as we are uh, at a point where we can socialize, make public, we will. All right. So that was Friday. Not uh, not so much there. <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess we'll see. We'll wait till next week. Maybe we'll have a different update. Or I guess this week we'll wait until we uh, we'll see if we have a different update. But uh, but even still, with that, <laughs> we do know that things are moving forward at the Disneyland Resort, though, right? We've got a lot of maintenance, some ride inspections, and just general preparation that can be seen through these uh, these live feeds that are from nearby hotels. 
I know that there's been people just glued to that Howard Johnson rooftop live feed, showing the Matterhorn, showing like people walking across those tracks, watching those cars run, just like ready for it. It's, it's just, it's getting them pumped, man. Uh, we've, we, there's apparently been horses that have been spotted on main street as well. Not super clear what exactly they're going to be used for, because at least based off of these guidelines, we're probably not going to be having that, uh, that horse drawn trolley system. So could be something like, uh, you know, maybe some of the cavalcades that we've seen in Disney world. I don't know. You got, you got any uh, theories, Henry? Yeah, I think they'll probably have some kind of like, cavalcade uh where they you know have the horse drawing something that is or leading something that is uh with the uh, characters uh, uh involved because uh, i think they want to bring the have the characters come out or i mean i think they want to put the horses to work because those horses are working horses so i yeah. think they want to have them you know moving around and whatnot so I, I think they're gonna try and involve them somehow even if they can't be pulling the uh the trolleys with the uh, with guests in in uh in them they'll be pulling something with maybe just the characters maybe they're pulling trolleys with the characters in them you know something oh i like that idea that's a good idea i hadn't thought about that that's good yeah good use of that trolley system too in those tracks yeah so they can at least have like them going through waving maybe even having the the dapper dan's on there singing as they're yes oh man yeah i'm loving this this is getting me excited okay i like that yeah, so then we also have construction that's continuing to move forward. We saw some progress on Avengers Campus last week with that Quinjet being installed. And then this week, we got word and even a few images posted from the official Imagineer Instagram account showing that steel beams are starting to go up for Mickey and, Min uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Toontown, uh, which we also got word has been officially delayed a year, so now into... 2023 but progress man this is like this is good we want construction progress right yeah but i think i'm i'm more interested in the the more here and now as far as stuff i want to i want to hear that that the that the uh that you know haunted mansion is now like done with its refurbishment and whatnot and <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes eye on the prize baby because i mean there was no way that Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was going to be open anytime. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it still wasn't going to be open until 2022. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, that can wait. I mean, but Haunted Mansion needs, needs to be done. You've, you're just, you, you've got, you've got October in your, uh, in your iron sights, man. You're ready to roll. Well, yeah. I mean, even just, even if it is in October, like, I don't know, November or December or even into early 2021. But, uh, you know, that just need, I want it to be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it gives me hope that they're, if, if they're working on all of that and they're getting ready for these parks to be open, that, uh, that there has been some work on all of this. Like, 
I, I agree. Like I imagine that uh, it's not going to be open. Snow White won't be open. Maybe even King Arthur's carousel won't be open uh, immediately when the parks reopen. But yeah, it seems like a bit of a missed opportunity if parks are open and it's like months, plural, <laughs> that all of the stuff that they had been working on is still closed. But but whatever. I don't know. Can't uh, we won't know until we uh, we get that announcement. So that's that's really what we're looking for. But I mean, all of this still, though, is painting a clearer and clearer picture that Disneyland Resort really does seem like it's ready to reopen very soon, or at least that they're getting some kind of announcement ready, uh, despite any kind of discernible movement from the state. So we're, we at least seem to be moving in the right direction. I do have to be honest, though, man, there is something that does have me a little bit I mean, I don't want to say like concerned, but definitely maybe like cautiously curious, maybe that opening question. I'm just going to play it for you one more time from the press member at the at the governor's Q&A. So hold on. Here you go. Hey, Governor. I had uh, two questions related to theme parks. Uh, First, how do theme parks fit in to the new uh, four tier plan? Do you envision theme parks reopening with like outdoor operations first and then indoor capped or 50%. So just that, just that intro part. So brings up the question of theme parks first opening with outdoor operations only, and then moving to lower capacity indoor activity. He's also speaking to that four tier plan that the state has rolled out, which is kind of this, this pathway for businesses and industry to reopen with this threat of COVID still active. Uh, The OC Register has a fantastic write-up on this plan and specifically how it affects all of these various industries, including theme parks and Disneyland. I'm not going to bore you with all the details, of which there are many, but there are two that are relatively important, at least in my opinion, that do directly apply to Disneyland reopening Um, the first is the phases themselves. So they identify that specific level of risk to an area. So one would be high, four would be low. The higher you are, the more restrictions are in place in terms of the types of businesses or industry that could be open. Does that make sense? Yeah. So right now, Orange County, which is where Disneyland Resort is located, is sitting at a phase one risk, which is why you can have restaurants that are open, some shopping areas that are open, but you can't have like the theme park open. So first level of operation in terms of businesses opening. So we've got those. Then we've also got the stages that each business has to move through once they've been approved to reopen within that specific phase. So they've got one, the first stage, which is closed for business, which is where everybody is until they're in stage two. Uh, Stage two is outdoor operations only. So this is where all of these downtown Disney restaurants are operating right now. Everything is outdoors, so they can be open, but under stage two, have to only operate outdoors. Three is indoor operations limited to 25% capacity. Four is indoor operations capped at 50%. And then five is fully operational 100%. 
uh, now. <clears throat> so there is a third detail, bonus detail then, I guess. Uh, theme parks are their own separate bubble. So even though all of this is very relatively set in stone, very clear, does mean that California theme parks and, uh, and it does mean that California theme parks don't necessarily apply to this. They don't have that plan yet. That's what California and Disney and Universal and all these companies are trying to figure out right now. What exactly is that rubric? Uh, again, governor of California clearly doesn't have an answer. Hopefully will soon. Um, but this does raise the possibility that we could have theme parks opening, Disneyland especially, with uh, no indoor operations or very limited operations, specifically rides, right? Uh, so uh, so it could be a little while before all of a sudden everything is 100% operational. So, would you ever, ever consider going to Disneyland if it was only outdoor rides? Uh, probably not because it's, that's very few rides that are just solely outdoors. There's like around, there's like 20, but that includes like, uh, the Astro Orbiter or Dumbo or the two carousels, <laughs> or like emotional whirlwind, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly, certainly not the like rides that you would associate with a Disney park. Yeah, I mean, you're also talking about like, uh, it's talking about like no Haunted Mansion, um, I imagine, right. uh, and then no Radiator Springs, nope. uh, that, even though that's kind of indoor-outdoor, but it's definitely got an indoor element, um, so, and then no uh, Midway Mania, uh, so like a lot of our favorites are, would be on that list of, of close so yeah we probably wouldn't make that that trip for that even if halloween decorations are up they're saying hey we got the treats we got the decorations we even got limited theming right mater mater is uh is themed for halloween cars land themed for halloween still nothing i don't know i mean it was something we did uh, me and uh, Lori did talk about, um, but I don't know. I mean, it depends on like how they present it. Maybe, maybe it is worth, I, I don't know. Uh, at this point I'd say no, <laughs> but it, yeah. it probably wouldn't take much to, you know, flip that switch. And I think if, if, uh, if Lori were to go, Hey, we, we should just go. I would definitely, not be here. I definitely would go like, sure. <laughs> but it, but if I have to stop and think about it, probably not, but I don't know. <laughs> my mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I could see that, especially for you guys. I mean, that October time frame is like, your yearly thing as you as you've talked about many times so you know it's uh you want to be able to say no you want to say like dude it's it's reduced experience it's uh you know i feel like i'm i'm uh, i'm getting kind of ripped off maybe especially if they one would hope that they wouldn't charge uh full price 
but uh, but yeah, I wouldn't put it past them either. So, you know, it, uh, it, you're right. It would be a much harder prospect. I mean, again, just like what we were talking about, regardless of what the setup is, like they're not going to have problems selling out that park, right? Like it will be full capacity no matter what they have on offer. Yeah, I I think even if I said no, there's a lot of people who are going to say yes regardless. So uh, oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Even even I would probably like I don't know. You know, I am getting very cagey at this point where I'm looking for something <laughs> to do because, like, quite literally, like uh, especially now that uh, Lori's back to work. I'm like sitting all day by myself, just, you know, working and like given, you know, when you like, I literally see nobody <laughs> all day for the most part. And I'm lucky if you know, when my wife comes home, then I see her for like a couple hours before we go to bed. But I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you miss that interactions and, and stuff like that, you know, normalcy so you know that would be something normal would be our trip to disneyland so it would be hard uh it would not be that hard to push me into the yes i'm going <laughs> yeah and, and especially i mean i could see it for you guys as well because you guys certainly more than than me um you know you guys are as you've said about that kind of ambiance as much as anything else, right? Like you just like being in the parks around all of just kind of those good feelings and uh, and just being in that happy place. So, and it, you know, I could see how, you know, maybe that's a, not that it's an easy pill, but it's a, it's a, uh, it's an easier line to draw between, you know, maybe being on the fence and then deciding to go. Oh yeah. I mean, in the end of the day, you know, we're, you know, given we do want to ride rides, I mean, that's, that's part of the experience, but, and it, it would be heartbreaking not to, to be in the park on Halloween and well, during the Halloween time frame, have the, have the decorations and not be able to go on Haunted Mansion. Uh, so, yes, I mean, for sure. I don't know. It, it it seems like if if I did go, I'd be in for a world of heartbreak of not being able to ride the <laughs> Haunted Mansion. But uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I think at this point, uh, like anything is possible, uh, and I could change my mind at any moment <laughs> when it comes to something like that. Uh, just because I've been so eager to go at this point, just because everything <laughs> else that we've planned for has been uh, canceled. And, and this is the last thing that we would actually do in the year. And uh, uh, so to have this also not be doable would be frustrating, but. Uh, what if parks are open Haunted Mansion's closed, but they say, okay, we understand Haunted Mansion is an integral part of people's, not only their Disneyland experience, but especially that Disneyland Halloween time experience. So to make up for it, 
we're going to install a massive screen in the middle of rivers of America and at sunset play the Eddie Murphy haunted mansion movie. (laughs) Does that move the needle for you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Moves it in the opposite direction. (laughs) I don't know if it moves it in any direction, but uh, it definitely does not move it in a positive direction. I think I kind of go like, what? <laughs> It'd be more of like They're a like listen. What? <laughs> we've we've got the brightest minds. We've had them at work since it's been clear that the haunted mansion wouldn't be open in time. We have developed a new technology to digitally project the haunted mansion onto the haunted mansion, and you can watch the 2003 Eddie Murphy haunted mansion movie on the exterior of the Haunted Mansion ride. It's taken us years. No, it's taken us months and millions of dollars, but we've cracked the code. Well, I would say that they have to find some new brightest minds and they wasted a whole (laughs) lot of money. (laughs) I think it was actually, I would, I would be, actually happy if they actually did the same thing but they showed nightmare before christmas uh there you go that, okay. that would be much more appropriate i think for uh, that's less season. funny but more compelling yeah. <laughs> definitely less funny more compelling <laughs> so before we head out confidence level check after all the news from this week are you more or less confident that disneyland will announce their reopening soon uh I'm kind of no middle ground. There's no middle ground, more or less. I, I think I'm more from everything I've been seeing, but there we go. I'm less, maybe less that it's going to be in time. Uh, I've been seeing reports that Disney still has not, uh, Disneyland has not been doing, has not started uh, the uh, adding the. Halloween decorations yet. Uh, so I've been reading reports where they haven't done any of those changes yet because they're waiting to hear from California sure. officials before they're yeah. doing that. So it, it's definitely not something that they have actually um, are betting on yet. But I imagine they will have be open before the end of the year. But I think. Uh, who I'm still not sure if that'll happen by time of Halloween. It's a good question. I I have a feeling that that process is they could probably do even if it's like I mean from what it sounds like Magic Kingdom is where you know it's mainly just Main Street and maybe they've got a few other areas that are done up. Like uh, I think a modified Halloween decoration is is possible on pretty short notice. I mean, I think, too, like, you're right, until they get uh, some kind of confirmation from the state uh, that uh, for sure they're good to go, then they're probably not bringing back the people that would put up those decorations. They're going to still be furloughed until they know for sure that that they're needed, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that makes sense for sure. Uh, So uh, high or low? You said high? High that they're going to announce... an opening time, Soon. but uh, 
low that it'll be like within the Halloween time. Got it. Yeah, I uh I'm I'm almost there with you. I think I'm I'm definitely high that they're gonna announce soon. I think there's no way that they're having all of these people work on maintenance and ride inspections and even testing out rides and turning on lights and doing all of this stuff, they're not doing that if they don't have to, right? Like they're not going to be spending that money. So, uh, I, I, you know, as, as we've talked about already, Disney's very smart in terms of, uh, or, or, or at least they're very directed in terms of where they spend their money. So I have high confidence that they're, uh, they're spending it because they, they, if they don't have assurances, that's pretty close. So I'm, I'm high that we're going to get an announcement soon. Uh, within the next maybe week or two, I think wouldn't be too surprising. Um, and I'm pretty high that they're going to be open for Halloween, but it might be a modified experience. But uh, but yeah, I'm 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 high high man. Double that that double high right now. The only thing riding high. The only my thing friend. is we also have to consider we just have uh, you know because of Labor Day holiday. Are people going to, did people lose their mind and we're going to have a big spike again, which seems to happen around uh, the holidays because people uh, let down their guard. So we get a whole bunch of uh, new infection, uh, new cases. So that could push Orange County out of being red and back into the purple. Yes, totally. Um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Are they going to wait for that? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to wait. Like I said, uh, I think, like I said, I, I think that there has been some level of assurance given enough so that Disney can say, okay, we're going to start slowly turning the faucet. Maybe not. It won't be like full gusher where everything's getting like legitimately set up, but but that things are starting to move in that direction that they're, they're feeling good about the park opening. So um, I don't, I don't think they do that unless, unless they feel pretty confident that things are going to be open soon. Right. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. That's it. Time will tell, man. That just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been episode 32 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, talk to you next week, big guy. Peace out, man. Hey, you know, I am pretty confident about this uh, about this Tron coaster coming to Disneyland, too. We'll talk about that next week. No, that's low confidence. That's not happening. <laughs>